Hello and welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a single life empowerment coach that helps women to embrace their single lives. From living alone to self-love to dating if you want to, I help you to realise that you can be happy and fulfilled in your single life and that you don't need to be finding a partner just to be happy. It could be something that you want, it could be something that fits into your life, but is not the be-all and end-all. Now this week on the podcast, we are going to be talking about Mental Health Week. It is currently Mental Health Week in the UK from the 9th of May to the 15th of May 2022 and it's being hosted by the Mental Health Foundation. Now when I first heard about Mental Health Week I thought we've got to get something out on mental health and singles but I've previously done that in episode 33 on are you looking after your mental health as a single. So I thought what could I do differently this time? What can I talk about in a different way that applies to singles? And it was obvious to me within a few moments that I would be talking about loneliness. And then when I looked up Mental Health Week on the Mental Health Foundation website, it turns out that that is the topic of interest for them for this Mental Health Week. Their tagline this year is Together We Can Tackle Loneliness. And they give a whole lot of reasons as to why loneliness needs addressing across the population. However, I'm going to be talking about it today in terms of you, in terms of you being single, potentially of living alone. and of how to manage feeling lonely when you're single. Now, the Mental Health Foundation tell us that one in four adults feel lonely some of the time, and there's no specific reason for it. In fact, there's lots of different reasons that we can feel lonely. And the longer that we feel lonely, the more at risk of mental health issues that we are. So it's important that we address this and look at this together. And I think that message that they've gone for there is pretty key, but I'll dive into it a little bit more. Now, if you didn't know already, loneliness can be detrimental to our health. It is, in fact, worse than obesity in terms of the effects it can have on you long term. And it can also increase the likelihood of death, the likelihood of heart disease. And it's just not great. And you might think, goodness, I didn't really know that loneliness could affect me in that way. But that is the point. That comes from campaigntoendloneliness.org is the idea that we don't realise this thing that makes us feel disconnected, that we don't belong and like we're on our own, has such a detrimental impact or could have such a detrimental impact if we don't do something about it. Now, I want to be clear here. It is not about being on your own. You can feel alone when you're in a relationship, whether you live with people. However, the idea of being coupled up in some way does mean that you feel the loneliness less. When we look at the Office of National Statistics and they were looking at loneliness throughout the pandemic, they found that those that were living in single-person households compared to those in two-person households, 
you were more likely to feel lonely than if you were in that two-person household. Then if you look at relationship status when you compare it to marriage, for those that were classed as single, which could mean that they're actually in a relationship, it's very blurry the way they use the word single, but if we take single as a general term, you were nearly two times more likely to feel lonely. If you were divorced or separated, you were just over two times more likely to feel lonely. And for those that were widowed, you were about three to nearly four times more likely to feel lonely. And all of those I would count as being single in some way. Single, widowed, divorced or separated. Now, if you think that if that continues and we don't address it and we don't learn how to cope with it, then there's going to be impacts on our health. Then we really need to start talking about this. And we really need to start understanding that this is just a biological need that needs addressing. And unfortunately, we think that we're so connected because of the way the internet works, the social media world is. We need to do something about it and we need to talk about it and work out what we're going to do. So loneliness, to my understanding, comes from the feeling of not feeling like you belong and that you don't matter to somebody or to anyone in particular. And as much as that may feel uncomfortable to admit because you're like, but I know my family are there for me if I really need them. I know I've got some friends there that will be there. But something is lacking. There's some sort of lack of connection that you have with those people and with the ones that exist in your life. And you're not able to express something about yourself in the most true of ways. And I don't think it's wrong to admit that whilst we understand our family will be there because they'll be there, that we don't have that very intimate relationship with someone or a couple of people in particular and I think it's important to address that you can still have people around you but can you really open up to them can you talk to them in the way that you want to talk to them so when you catch up with your friends what is it like what's the topic of conversation is it general chit chat and catch up is it more gossip or do you get to those important things where someone says you know what, I've been finding this really tough lately. Oh, you know what, this isn't going as well as I thought it was going to. Because I think in our society, we don't necessarily delve into some of these deeper topics anymore. I don't know what it is quite. Is it image? Is it that we're worried that it's only us going through it? It takes a lot to step out and be courageous about those things. It's not an easy thing to do. It's incredibly difficult. And therefore, those conversations don't happen so much. And in order to do that, you have to be the one to step out there and start bringing them up. And some people just aren't going to be ready for that level of conversation. And it's scary because you think, as mentioned, you are going to be the only one that feels like that. That no one else could ever have felt the way that you are or quite gone through the same set of experiences as you. But it's interesting because the Mental Health Foundation's hashtags for this is hashtag I've been there. The more we share our stories and the more we listen to one another and connect in ways that allow us to try and understand and hear that someone else has been there before in a similar way or in exactly the same way, just gives you the comfort that you aren't alone, that you aren't this individual that's going through this really difficult set of scenarios. There are other people out there that allow you to realise it's happened to other people. It isn't just me. And I can see that happening in the Single Life Be Like community. That's the online platform that I put together so that singles could go on it, share their single life, get inspired to go and do things on their own. And the comment that I think must come up the most is, 
I'm so glad it isn't just me, whether that's people DMing me or commenting on someone's post, they echo how other people are feeling. And it's that level of validation that we want. And it's that level of understanding that we want, that validation that we are feeling the same way as others, that we're not crazy, we're not mad, we're not different, there's nothing wrong with us. We're just feeling that same experience. And some of it's absolutely valid and true. Like sometimes you don't get thought about as much because you're on your own. Other people have got their family units or their couples and for them they are the priorities and and you aren't. You might feature in the top five of someone's life but you aren't the top. And so you don't get a message every day. You don't feel that sense of security and support necessarily. So coming up with ways to support women, single women, in this way was what I wanted to look at. People want new friends. People want people that understand them, that are in a similar boat to them. And to my knowledge, there wasn't something that really advertised that you were single apart from a dating app. And funnily enough, my message is that you shouldn't have to be looking for a relationship to feel secure. I've been reading Attached recently as part of our book club, and it talks about the dependency paradox. The idea that we have to feel safe and secure and have someone to depend on before we can actually step into our own and be confident. Now, you might say, but Chantal, you've been saying like you can be confident and independent without someone. I agree. I agree with myself, but I also am aware of what it says in Attach. And I've questioned it myself before because of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. For those that may not have heard of that before, it's essentially a hierarchy of what you need in order to get to the next stage of needs. At the bottom is physiological needs. You need to look after your body and the way you are and you need to have those things covered. Food, water and shelter. The next one is safety. So it's the idea that you have enough resources, that you feel safe, that you have somewhere to stay. Uh, You have finances as well. And then the next one is love and belonging. And it's always struck me, ever since I've really paid attention to that triangle of needs, that love and belonging comes before self-esteem, which is where confidence would sit in. You have to feel that sense of belonging before you can step into that. Now, I think some of us rely heavily on a relationship to do that. And sometimes it can be good. The problem we fall into is that we sometimes accept anything to tick that box And it doesn't necessarily fulfill us in the right ways. That love and that belonging is not true. It's a facade and it is something that looks like it's good when in actual fact it doesn't give you all the things you need. I think that's the mistake we can make with relationships and dating. And I don't know for sure, but I think you can achieve that love and belonging through other means. So through family If you have a strong family unit, I don't think you need a partner to feel that confidence. And if you don't have a family that support you and are give you that sense of belonging in the way that you think you need or you think you're lacking, then I think the next step is finding a network of friends that does that. And that all comes back to the Single Life Be Like community and all the single girls club events that run that actually allow people to meet in person. We have to start reaching out and finding people that suit our life at the point we're at. Previously, we've had school and university to kind of fit in as necessary and then work. But after that, once work settles and you decide you don't want to keep moving jobs, you have to find other ways of finding the right people for you. And for some, aligning with people that are single is the key bit because around them, they have lots and lots of people that are coupled up. And that difference in the way that your life path is going 
and the way that you may not be able to express yourself or feel understood in the right way then causes that divergence and that's where the disconnection comes from and then we maybe start to chase the wrong things we do think if I just got in a relationship I would be happy if I just bought a house I'd be happier if I just started having children and building that family I would be happy again but that's not going to fulfill that sense of love and belonging through some of those external things we have to build that up in other ways so first thing is to find that network of support whatever that means to you It can be in the form of friends. I know when I was going through my divorce, I knew I had to speak to some people. I didn't know how I was going to broach it or what I was going to do. But I chose a couple of people in my circle and went, here we go. Here we go. If this all goes wrong, this is is just going to happen. This is the way it's going to be. And I was lucky to choose the key people that I thought would respond the best way and in the most helpful way. And they did. And to this day, two and a half to nearly three years later now, They're still the ones that are closest by my side. And why is that? Because in my time of absolute need, I opened up to them and they fulfilled a very special role in supporting me through that. And I think in return, they understood how important that place was. And since then, they've been there for me. And in return, there have been times when they've lent on me, whether that's through family circumstances, through relationships, through interactions with friends, just in general, from that point on, we've been there for each other. And I'm not going to say that they're going to be there for me forever in the sense of they could move countries. They might have families one day that detracts their attention. Doesn't mean they won't help me if I ask and they can be there. And it doesn't mean that our dynamic as friends won't change. But it does mean that I had that network of support. And I look to maintain that with those people and others that I've brought in as a way of supporting me to do that. Then talking about single life so much, the anxious attachment style. I can't believe how many people respond to that on TikTok. Anytime I talk about my anxious attachment style and my lived experience of it on TikTok, the comments and the likes are flowing. And why is that? Because we don't talk about it enough and we feel seen and heard. We know the TikTok algorithm is so, so powerful. And it pulls that information to you and you go, finally, someone is talking about the way I feel and they get it. They are having that experience when someone doesn't text back and you feel all that panic and that rush and that worry. That's what an anxious attachment style feels like. And it can sometimes feel like it's going to kill you. It feels horrible. But we feel like then we realise we're not the only ones And we feel seen and heard because someone has been able to talk about that experience as well. So it's finding the people and then having the courage to open up and to talk about how we feel at any point. And interestingly, it's something that also feeds into my dating life. Because not that this is about attachment styles, but it is also about being vulnerable and creating connections. It's then how I communicate about how I feel even in early dating, which would freak some people out about the fact that I'm going to communicate how I feel to that person. They have to know to some degree that I feel anxious about this and it might not be anything they've ever thought about. But once you start to get used to talking and communicating your needs and feelings to anyone in an effective way and you build up the bravery to do it because it, it's horror, it's scary, then that's where I think we can start to feel less lonely And if people know that you're specifically feeling lonely, then they can also understand that you might need some check-ins sometimes. 
And those check-ins don't have to last forever. For those that know, I quit my job at Christmas and I had an intense experience of a fear of abandonment and I would associate loneliness with it too. And it was tough. There was a lot of tears and there was a lot that went onto this friendship circle big time to the point that people were checking in daily and they were popping round to make sure I was okay, to spend time with me, even though that spending time specifically didn't necessarily solve everything. We sometimes get it wrong and we think that spending time with people will solve our loneliness and that's not true because as I then left those people, sometimes the tears massively rushed back because obviously I knew I was going to be on my own again. But also sometimes it's because I actually hadn't been brave enough to talk about how it was that I felt. Yes, I'd gone round and spent time with them, but sometimes the difference was in crying it out, in having a hug and in talking about the actual things that were going on in my mind and the actual things that I was worried about. So I was worried about friendships changing. I was worried about being forgotten. I was worried a little bit about money initially. That soon passed. So that just accelerated and exaggerated the feeling. It wasn't necessarily the loneliness, but then I feel like I'm dealing with all of this on my own. But the best thing I could have done in that scenario was talk about it. It didn't solve everything, but it started to help. I was doing everything else as well. I was getting up in the mornings, I was eating fairly well, and I was going to the gym. And some of that didn't solve it. I then had to start talking and sharing and being vulnerable which is the whole concept of Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, and how to create connection and depth and to actually be vulnerable with one another. And to not be afraid of expressing your needs and how you want to do things and what you're feeling. And luckily, as women, we don't have so much conditioning to not talk about things. There is a stark difference between men and women in how they open up, sometimes because of the messaging that we've received. But it also means that in the statistics, it shows that women feel lonelier than men on average. And that's interesting because if we talk more, how do we feel lonely? Or is it just that we're more aware of our loneliness and in tune with it? We're not hidden behind any facade. In order to not feel lonely as a single, you have to start building up your network and reaching out. And your network doesn't have to be single people. You have to find your sense of belonging in different ways. I have a sense of belonging in some of the work that I do within schools. That provides some sense of belonging. I have a sense of belonging with the people that matter most to me. They provide some sense of belonging. And some of my family members as well. I have a sense of belonging in the work and purpose that I do. I feel like I have a place in the world there. And it's not validation. What we're talking about is this kind of thing. Sitting and having conversations. Admittedly, I'm talking to a screen right now, but realistically, I'm imagining you in my mind and I'm talking right at you. How are you really finding single life? Not the pretend bit, because sometimes we can pretend that it's all good and that we're enjoying being on our own. And you're entitled to not feel happy at all times throughout single life. People see a lot of my videos and think that I'm pro-single life and you can't be anything other than that and you couldn't possibly also want to date you're allowed to do what you want in your single life that doesn't mean that you don't find it hard at times that you don't feel lonely that you just want that someone to message you at the end of the day and find out how your day was or I think another big one is sitting at home on your own you just want someone to watch tv with my brother described it as 
sitting on your phones with the TV in the background and ignoring each other. There is something about physical human presence sometimes in that that makes all the difference. But I know also that we find the lack of intimacy or physical interaction a challenge at times. That can feel like something we miss and we crave. And it actually falls quite low down on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's one of the first things that we feel we need. And so we have to address that in other ways, which I think I've done on the previous episode. But just to recap, embrace the hugs properly with people and ask for hugs. That can be very, very useful. Yes, you do a hug when you say hello or goodbye, maybe, if you're that kind of person. But one of my friends came round during the time where I felt most challenged by how I was feeling. And it was almost motherly. She gave me a hug, a couple of hugs, and I just cried. Sometimes it's it's that expression of emotion. Sometimes it's the reassurance that you get from that physical contact in that way. I don't need to be sexually intimate with someone to feel safe. It's the intimacy and the hug from a friend that can make all the difference. Dealing with loneliness when you're single, and you can feel it even when you live with your parents or with housemates, because they're not necessarily the people that understand you to the most truest sense of yourself, is a challenge. But it isn't just single people that feel it. You might live in a flat share and be in a relationship. But if there are lots of things there that are causing you to feel disconnected, then you won't feel like you belong. Especially if, for example, in that house setup, think about when you're at uni, I'm sure some of you will have gone through this, where it felt like there were groups in the uni house and you weren't part of it. Go back to school. Go back to school and think of the groups and the clickiness of some of it. Overcoming loneliness to me is about friendship, true friendship. Not this, I'm taking pictures of you and putting it on Instagram and saying you're my bestie and putting just a happy birthday message on. It is the same as any relationship. It is about showing up consistently for people, really, really, really getting to know them and really, really, really letting them know you and essentially sharing your life with someone. I always quote this, If you've listened to this podcast and uh, seen me on any kind of TikTok or Instagram live, you will know what I'm about to quote. Yeah, because he realizes that sometimes I still can't remember off by heart. (laughs) And the quote is: "It's from Lost Connections by Johan Hari, a fantastic book on depression and anxiety, which I think can be triggered by loneliness." And the quote goes: "Loneliness isn't the physical absence of other people," he said. It's the sense that you're not sharing anything that matters with anyone else. And there's a clip of Ed Sheeran that goes around that talks about Instagram. And he said, Instagram is a marketing tool. You'll notice that I never share selfies or pictures I'm promoting on Instagram. But he says, when I see a selfie, I want to ask that person, are you okay? Or how are you doing? Something like that. Because he realizes that sometimes when we post selfies, we're looking maybe for some sort of attention or validation And that maybe we feel a little bit lonely and we're looking for our place in the world to be solidified. And when I think back to this quote, you want to be sharing your life with some people. And yes, that's why we sometimes put a priority on a romantic relationship. But it doesn't have to be that. When I get good news or interesting news, I share it with my nearest and dearest on WhatsApp. So if an email comes in that I'm really excited about, about potential opportunity or proposal, guess who gets the screenshots? They do. Whenever there's something that's happened that's really good, I want to tell them first. 
They are the people. And it is the same as being in a relationship. That would be the person, like I used to in my marriage, he used to be the one that I told everything to first. But now I just use my friendships, use, like in a good way. I take the benefit of my friendships in that way. And I would expect them to tell me stuff too. I often get a couple of rants from people as well. You know, when people need to offload and they need that, oh, I'm angry about this and you want to validate them as well. So I don't tend to do that so much. I don't tend to get angry. I kind of let things go where I can. But that's just the different dynamic in how our friendships work. And it's not a problem. It would be a problem if it was overstepping the market. It was every day and it was a bit draining. It's not. It's reasonable. And each time it's happened, it's to do with an event that's going on in someone's life. And it goes two ways. If someone shares something with you too, you have to respond in a way that shows that you're interested, supportive or excited. So I do not have any children, but one of my friends sends me videos of their baby. I don't need 10 friends sending me videos of their baby. But in this case, that I do not mind. I love it when I get the pictures. I'll always respond. If it's funny, it's funny. If it's exciting, if it's cute, if it shows that they've grown a lot, there's all that kind of stuff. I've got to get excited about that because that is part of their life. And if I can't get excited about that, that thing that probably means the most to them in the world, then over time, we're naturally going to drift apart. And in some cases... I'm not worried about that. But in other cases, I'm going to make that conscious effort to stay friends. There are some other things that you can do and that they suggest doing on the Mental Health Foundation website. Things like keeping busy, keeping your mind active, keeping yourself moving. They talk about therapy. They talk about pets and animals. And within it, they also do mention find the people that get you. That to me is one of the most powerful things I've seen happen with listening to this podcast. The amount of messages I get that people say... I just love what you're talking about. No one's saying it. And I finally feel like I'm not the only one. It can go even further if you're then in the Single Life Be Like community or if you attend a Single Girls Club event, then you get to meet those people in person, have experiences or catch up on them every single day. You don't have to rely on other people for some of that. Lost connections goes into the way we can feel disconnected. It says disconnection to people, to meaningful work, to values, There's lots and lots of different things, but I think for singles and the common thread that I notice, it is our connections, it is our sense of belonging and finding who we can really speak to and enjoy this world with. On Mental Health Week, it is important to address this because mental health difficulties and challenges are only getting worse. I would hope that no one gets to a point of being diagnosed with a mental health condition just because they felt lonely. I can't stop that. It's happening. But I can help by bringing awareness to what it can do to us and what I think some of the solutions are based on what I'm finding from the people that are talking to me. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist, though I do have a psychology A level and I got an A. (laughs) But I can observe what people are doing to feel less lonely and I can share my experiences with you. I encourage you to share your experiences too, whether that's in our online community, with a close friend, or signing up to a group, or going to a therapist. It is useful to talk about our experiences and feel like we matter in the world. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode this week. If you have, it would be great if you could leave a review or a star rating on Spotify. And if you're feeling extra generous, if you could share it on your social media, on your Instagram stories, then we can keep spreading the word that this resource is here. This free resource of now 45 episodes of single life stuff is there for single people to listen to. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be there. You can use it as a catalogue now to find what you're looking for. Just sit and listen when you're going through your most difficult times. The way we do this is by sharing, by talking, and by making sure that we are all there for one another when we can be. Being as supportive and non-judgmental to other people as they go through their experience too. Until next time, everybody, keep thriving and celebrating single life together.